0: Thank you, ladies. You ever been there? Ever been there where, you know, life's just gotten a little tough and, you know, the only way you got through was somebody was praying? And aren't you glad that we can pray? Aren't you glad that there's times when we feel like we've got no strength and life's just weighed us down, that we have a God who hears prayers for us? And then beyond that, he's an almighty, all-powerful God who can reach down. And you know, we sometimes we go through life a little bit, and there are times when we are down. And there are times when we struggle through. And what we're going to find in our in our story today, as we continue on our study through the Book of Ruth, is um, is really the 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 background or the, the reality of the situation that Ruth finds herself in. And we spoke last week in the first couple of verses there about Elimelech and how really his decisions and some of the things that he, he, uh, he decided caused there to be uh, hardship in the life of his family. And we talked a little bit about the, the responsibilities that we have as as husbands, particularly, but as God's people, to make right choices based on right things, and we're going to continue on, and we're really going to see. And we read this morning just the the family finds themselves in because the the family finds themselves outside of God's place of blessing in Israel. The part of the decision that Elimelech made was to remove his family from that place of blessing and. Uh, we understand there was a famine we understand there were real challenges there and we we sympathize with him when we understand from a human point of view the uh, a bit of the decision making that was made there but what what we find is he was he his family unknown to him is left alone he dies his two sons die and now all's left is the mother and two daughters-in-law and they find them there at at a place where where really they they're, they're they're compromised in their safety and their ability to, to, to live life and to survive. And so Naomi finds herself in this situation, and, and this is really in response to all of that. And, and what we hear is uh, we hear about the struggles that she has, and, and we can all agree that they are real struggles. You know, again, we live in a society where there's some some things that we can draw to from our a physical point of view when we're in, in desperate need, but in that day there wasn't, in, in their particular situation, there wasn't any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, handout that they could get, there was nothing there, it really it, it, it depended on their family situation very much, ladies in that time especially um, really found their economic uh, ability to, to meet needs and all of that through their marriage. And so they find themselves in this desperate situation. They find themselves in a dire situation. And so when we listen to Naomi as we read the, the Bible this morning, we can empathize and understand the desperate situation that she's in. And, and I, whilst we, we, may not, um, we may not exactly understand the exact situation and the exact feelings that Naomi has we also understand what she's going through in this sense. What she was, she was discouraged. And all of us here, we're going we're gonna to get to Ruth in a little bit. We're going to, Lord willing, next week, look at Ruth's determination. And I think the reason why sometimes we need to show determination is for someone else. You know, I'm glad that, that there's been, during those times when I've been discouraged and down there was someone else who just believed for me and that's what we're going to find in Ruth we're going to find in Ruth someone who just believed for someone who couldn't believe she she was one who needed to believe for someone who was discouraged and down and despondent and downtrodden about the situation of life and you know we're going to find that in all of life aren't we in different different scenarios We understand that, and we'll see more vividly in a little while, that Ruth is a type of the church. And I want to encourage you, maybe you're here and you're not discouraged. And today, maybe you're not going to be able to relate to the things we're going to talk about. Maybe you're not discouraged, but I want to tell you that that maybe read ahead a little bit and look at Ruth, because Ruth is a type of the church. And what the church needs to do sometimes is When we find those in society and find those across the aisle and find those in our church family who are despondent and discouraged, we're supposed to step in and believe for those who can't believe. And we're supposed to step in and be the kind of church that Ruth exemplifies really for us in the scriptures. But we're going to talk about the one who just is discouraged, the one who's just struggling to believe, the one who's struggling to make sense of life. And, you know, we've all been there. It doesn't have to be these exact circumstances. You know, many different things can discourage us. We could, we could get a, a, a snippet of news and, and it's, not the, it's not exactly what we were hoping and that could discourage us. We could have someone not turn up and disappoint us and that could discourage us. We could have circumstances in life that wasn't anticipated and that could come suddenly and that could discourage us. And, you know, the, the demonstration of the, the reality of that is that we're just, we're frail. We're, we're people who are really at, at, the, at the, the reality of it. The, the Bible tells us that every man at his best state is altogether vanity. And that the reality is, whilst we build up some resilience and we build up our character over time, there's still times where we find ourselves discouraged. We still find ourselves a little bit, down about life, and, and that's where we find Naomi. and And I, I don't think any of us here would would uh, would say this morning that well that he, she shouldn't be. But what we do find is a descriptor of someone who's discouraged. And we're going to talk about Naomi's discouragement this morning, and talk a little bit about some of the things that that she says and some of the things that we find about her, and maybe even recognize those kind of things in our own hearts, and maybe. You're not feeling discouraged, but you know you don't have to feel, and you don't have to look discouraged to be discouraged. You know we're good at we're good at we're good at just looking strong. We're looking at playing the we're good at playing the game, and, and you know especially on a Sunday, looking at Sunday best, look, looking positive when not everything's going well, and we understand the the the, the need for that at times is to just push through. But I, I want to tell you that sometimes we don't even realize it, but there, there's some symptoms and some things here that we might recognize within ourselves that's indicating a little bit that maybe that's where we're heading, we're, we're heading to discouragement, or we're there already. And, and I want to I help you with that, but maybe even help you recognize this in another's life, because here's the other thing that we do. Sometimes we see someone discouraged, and, and we can't point to what that is, and we maybe want to... Uh, want to diagnose it something different. We might diagnose it to be some sort of sin or some sort of thing in their life that they're struggling with and and yet it's just discouragement. It's just discouragement. And so uh, hopefully this morning as we go through the the, the verses here that we'd recognize Naomi's discouragement and we're we're about to see again the determination of of Ruth but before that we're going to see that Naomi's discouragement and Naomi's name means pleasant. But what we find is someone whose whose name is Naomi facing a circumstance of absolute desperation. And we find her discouraged. She finds herself reeling from such a dire reality of life. She's left destitute and now ends up being despondent. But you know, it's something that we have to, at times, go past. And someone said it this way, faith must always pass the test of discouragement. It is the last key on the ring that opens the door of growth and opportunity. And many times, and the reason why we need to address discouragement is sometimes it's the thing that stops us from going forward in the things that God would have for us to do. Sometimes we stay in discouragement. Sometimes we just don't know how to deal with discouragement. And and sometimes that's the thing that actually it's the last test before we go through growth and opportunity. And, And we've got to admit that Again, even the best of us can be discouraged. We've got to admit that even in our best days, we can easily get discouraged. And what we see is a snippet in the heart and mind of one that's discouraged by the prospects of life. It's not a life she had hoped. It's a life that she has now been given, though. And so we want to see just a couple of things here about Naomi's discouragement this morning that I hope we can learn from and then hope that we can... We can then just understand a little bit more. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless and we'll get into it. Father, we love you again. Thank you, Lord, for the time that we have in your word. I do pray that you'd help us this morning. Lord, I know that there's times when we, we are in this very mindset. And Lord, we, we recognize, dear Lord, that, Lord, you would have the, the solution for it all. And we recognize, dear God, that, uh, that, Lord, sometimes we just need you to discern that in our own lives and In the lives of others, I pray that you'd help us as we learn from your word. I thank you, Lord, that you've given it to us, Lord, as the uh, as the, the uh, as the truth for that we need for today. I pray that you'd help us this morning in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And, and it really doesn't matter what what stage of life you're in. You know, it really doesn't matter whether you're young. I find firstly, as we we look at uh, the the scriptures here, is that. She, she comes to a realization, look at verse 6, then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. Remember that she was from, uh, from Bethlehem, Judah, a place in Israel, a place in, in, um, in, uh, in, in God's, God's uh, promised land there in that, in that nation. And she finds herself journeying now, her and her husband, they had journeyed over to Moab, it was a place that God told his people not to go, it was outside of his will, and we find there that he, she finds the reality of that and shows she she wants to return from the country of Moab. Why? For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Remember the, the original the, the original reason why they left Israel was because there was a famine, because there was nothing to eat there. And we know that there were times, even in, in biblical accounts where God's people had to sojourn away to get some bread. We know Jacob sent his, his, uh, his, uh, his, uh, his sons over to Egypt to, uh, to get more grain and more wheat and more food for them to uh, go through that famine. And we know all of that story with Joseph. And so we understand that there was that, but they, they didn't just sojourn there. They dwelt there. And now she finds herself away. She finds herself not in the place where there was support mechanisms that God had previously designed. And Naomi, though, knew and understood where to go. She understood that upon, uh, upon uh, the realizing all of that she, that she was going through, that there was a place where she could find some respite. And upon hearing that things have turned from, uh, around for them in, in Israel, she rises up and goes. But notice what the Bible says, that she might return. And I sense there that, that she understood, though, that that journey was going to take a while. There was a bit of a hesitation, and there was still the reality of how difficult the journey is. When you look at uh, how far Moab is uh, from, uh, from, uh, from Bethlehem, Judah, it's approximately 175 kilometers away. Now, that's quite a journey. Anyone ever walked that long for one time? Right? No. I don't see any other. I'll put my hand down because I haven't, I haven't walked that long. So that's a journey. You know, some of us would balk to drive that because of the, uh, the, the price of fuel today. But we look at that and we understand that this was g- going to be a journey. This was going to be a, a, quite, a, quite, a, quite a journey to get back to that place. And she understood where she was at. But, but here's the reality. It was the same distance that they took to go away. It wasn't like she had to go to another place. It was a place that she was originally from. It was a place that was familiar to her. It was a place that she had been before. But, But what it was, it just seemed more difficult than ever. And that's the first thing I want to tell you. When we're discouraged, we might know the solution, but it just seems so difficult to get to. It just seems more difficult. It just seems like you've got to take this journey away, back to that. And, you know, I see that sometimes... In, in people's lives, they, they, they get discouraged and they sort of fall out of their, their fellowship with God. They no longer read their Bible and they're no longer in the habit of praying and it just seems so difficult to get going again and yet it was the same action. It was the same, uh, it was, it was the same uh, way to get away as it is to get back and what that is, it's just decisions. You're only always ever a decision away from getting back from discouragement. And you know, many times we we estimate that it just just seemed to happen so quickly to get away and to get back seems so far, but it's only the same distance. It's only the same thing. It's just a decision away. And you know, so many times we, we look at people and we 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 understand sometimes that there's a depth of hurt and there's a depth of of the the doubts that can encroach from discouragement and yet you only ever see that 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 to come back from a place like discouragement it takes just as much as it did to get away it was a decision it was a decision to get back and here we see the the very the the very uh the beginning of that and and yet, right from the outset there, we see that Naomi balked at it. It just seemed that there was other things that she needed to address, and she addresses that really with, uh, with her daughters-in-law. Notice in verse 7, Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. So they were going back, but notice Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. You know, she felt like there was excess things that she needed to just deal with. She, she didn't realize that actually, as we'll see later on, they were, they were actually part of God's support for her. But it just seemed more difficult. It seemed like there was other baggage that she needed to deal with. And, and yet we're only ever really a decision away from getting back from discouragement. It seems that w- that way at times in our journey to discouragement. We seem to have gotten there so quickly. And yet to get back, it seems so arduous. And yet the distance in leaving Judah for Moab is the same distance that they needed to return. And there is a way back is what I'm trying to say. And that's the reality. We're only ever a decision at a a time away from getting out of discouragement. We've We've just got to take the first step back and that's the return to God's way by trusting in Him. And so firstly, you know the, that that mindset of discouragement. It, we we might know the solution, but it seems more difficult than ever. We might know, and, and many of us, we've been Christians a while. You know how you know what how to get back. You know it's just picking up your Bible. You know it's just praying. You know it's just getting back into some fellowship with God. You know that it's sometimes it's difficult. You know I see it sometimes in people who move away and they're no longer uh, suddenly they've dropped out of being faithful to church. They go and they're discouraged for some reason and we, we don't judge that, that reason. We sometimes don't know the machinations of the heart. We understand that there's discouragement at times and then people drop off the scene. But it just seems to be so much more difficult to get back. And yet it's the only ever decision away. And and yet that's the mindset of the discouraged. The solution just seems more difficult than ever. But then notice what, what she does she speaks to her two daughters-in-law, and you remember she's lost everything. And the only things left to her, the only people left by her side were these two daughters-in-law, Orpah, right, and Ruth. And, and we know that, that these two, they were from this country of Moab. They weren't particularly from the country of Israel. And we, we know the, the, the situation there. They would have been seen as Gentiles, those who are non jew and yet, it, they were still the ones that were right next, to, um, right next to Naomi. They were the ones that God had left by her side. And so they were given to her. They, they were ones that were given. They were grafted into her family now. And now they were part of that, that support mechanism, actually, that God had for her. But notice, notice that what, what Naomi does in verse, verse 7. So uh, verse 8, Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law... Go, return each of each to her mother's house, and the Lord the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. So she recognizes that they had done well through, uh, through the difficulty, the initial difficulty of sorrowing and mourning over the death of her, their husbands and her, her husband. And, and they had been supportive of her. She's saying to her, the Lord deal kindly with you because of how you've dealt with me. So she recognizes that there's an emotional support that she's been given through them. Verse 9, the Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. Basically, she's saying to them, go remarry. Why do you need to be with me? Go remarry. Go, go find your rest. Go find your, uh, your, uh, your solution, and I'm just going to go and travel on my own. And here's the second Point I want to give you, uh, really the one of the other characteristics, it just seems like the solution is so much more difficult, but then you know what, the support given is dismissed. And you know when you're discouraged, sometimes we bat away the very ones that God wants to use to encourage us. And that's why, you know, the, it's often the habit of those who just get entrenched in their discouragement, they just don't want to be around God's people. They don't want to be around others, they don't want to be around those that can actually maybe point them to the right way or just come by their side and be an emotional support and be someone that can pray for them as we've heard through song. And, and, and sometimes they're the ones that we very much need. And yet sometimes in our discouragement, here's what we do. We just want to push them away. And that's, that's, a, that's, that's what we see in the life of Naomi. This one that actually really came, came from nothing to nothing now and the very ones that God has given her, she wants to push away. And, you know, at times, that's, that's how God works. You know, sometimes our losses can turn into our gains. And sometimes through all of that, what we find is, is that those that can stand by our side and walk by our side. You know, you ever gone through a difficult situation and, and there were those friends who came along and they just seemed to, uh, to do more than than what you had even expected, and now you, there's just an understanding that they've got your back, that they'll be by your side no matter what, and, and then you go through all of them. Sometimes even those that God has given us as our gains, they're the very ones. They're the very ones that we just want to push away. You know what that is? It's discouragement. And, and she tells him, go. She says, return each to her mother's house. You, you find your rest, and, and and here's the excuses that she was actually giving to them. She's saying, "Don't help me because I'm I'm burdened. I'm a burden to others." You ever hear people say that? You ever hear people go, L- "I'm just a burden to you. Oh, just don't don't worry about me. I, I'm just I don't want to be a burden. I, I don't want to be I don't you know I don't don't, Pastor, don't worry about me. I, I'm just too much of a burden for you." You know what that is? It's discouragement. You're discouraged. There's a discouragement there. And and, and Ruth, uh, Naomi, was telling these, so, you know, I, I, I'm a burden to you. You don't have to take this journey. It's so far. It's so difficult. In this occasion, you know, Naomi had a real concern that she was a burden to them. Her intention was to relieve them of the burden, and she was the burden. And yet, you know, there's many times where we just, the, the best kind of people are the ones that just turn up anyway, <laughs> are the ones that even when you tell them, can you not, can you not just be, you're just there anyway. And, and there's a need, and we're going to see, again, Ruth in, in, her, in her response, particularly she just cleaves to her. We see Opah later on, she goes, She's convinced. Somehow that she's convinced that she doesn't need to go on this journey, and what what Naomi was saying was, "I'm a burden to you. Don't bother." But here's the next thing she's really saying: "I don't need kindness," because because as we continue to read here, look at look at um, look at verse ten, and they said unto her, "Surely we will return with thee unto thy people." You know, she recognized early on that they dealt that the Lord that. That the Lord should deal kindly with them, but because they they dealt kindly with her. And what she was doing was saying this, you know, I don't need kindness, or I don't deserve kindness. And she found herself feeling sorry for herself, and and what she was doing, she was dismissing that support. You know, she recognized their kindness, but never admitted she needed their kindness. And really what this is, it's it's fundamentally based on, on her disappointment of God. She wasn't disappointed in her daughter's-in-law. She was disappointed in God because later on she's going to talk about how the the Lord's hand dealt with them. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later on. But what she was saying is she doesn't need kindness. She she no longer could see God's kindness to her. She, She looked at the situation that she found herself in and she was easily blaming God. And, you know, God's a pretty easy target, isn't he? You know, we see in our world today when good things are happening, it's all about how good we are. But then it's suddenly, when a disaster comes, who does everyone start to suddenly believe in and suddenly blame? Who is it? They blaspheme God's name. Why? Because they just, suddenly, God's there and it's his fault. And what we find in, in her life is that God was actually supplying the support. God was actually had given in, in his wisdom and his sovereignty and his knowledge of what was going to happen, God had given these two Orpah and Ruth. And I want to tell you, maybe you're, you're here and you are discouraged and here's your thinking, you just want to be left alone. But I want to tell you that maybe God has given you the Orpas and the Ruths in your life and they're just trying to be a help. Actually, they're God's way of supporting you right now through your discouragement. And maybe you're just going, going through and you're maybe in your own heart, you're like, I'm a burden to them. I don't need their kindness. But I want to tell you, you need to fight that. And you need to understand that that's how God does it. He, he gives us, you know, the Bible tells us that we are to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, one of, our, one of the, the greatest things that we can do is to just be by the side of those who are discouraged. Is to just sit by and recognize that we have a role to play that we are to bear one another's burdens that we're to be around and you know you understand that 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 many times the Lord Jesus himself many times he just said these things be of good cheer. You know what that is it's him saying I want to uh, I want you to be encouraged and the Lord Jesus is a great burden bearer isn't he? The Lord Jesus is one that bear, bore all of the sins of mankind. And he bore that burden for us. You know why? Because we couldn't support ourselves. Because we couldn't be the ones that could carry that. And so so we see that that again, this one who was discouraged, she just, she just pushed him away. And you know, what we find is they lifted up their voice and wept. They, they understood. They understood that they, she needed others around her. They understood that this was going to be a journey back. They understood that they needed to be by her side. And yet... What happened, she pushed him away. And what we find later on, because of Naomi's insistence that she's a burden to them and insistence that they go back and look after themselves and not deal kindly with her, is Orpah goes, and really what it does, it weakens, it weakens her, her ability to just then take this journey. And I want to say it only weakens us when we don't receive the support of others. It only weakens us when someone wants to come by our side and maybe just simply pray, maybe counsel, maybe, maybe to take that up, that cause for you. And sometimes we could go, go around and we could, we, could, we could be dismissive of them, and yet that's the very way, and it only weakens you. It only weakens us when we don't receive the grace needed. And you know, it, someone told me this, it takes grace to receive grace at times. It takes grace for us to to realize that God's giving us grace, and you know sometimes we don't want to we don't want to uh, we don't want to seem weak, or we don't want to admit that there's there's a need in our own lives, and yet the very support that God has given us is right there. We've got our own Orpahs and Ruths, and and you know I hope that you're thinking about those that God has given you at times to encourage you along the way, and 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 yet. That's that's a symptom there. That's a, that's a sign of someone who's discouraged. But then, we see. Look at verses 11 to 13. He says, Naomi said, "Turn again, my daughters." It says, "Why will you go with me?" And and again, she's trying to push him away. Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? She's saying, you know, I gave you husbands before, but now I can't. I don't have that ability. It says, "Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband." If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them, till they were grown? Would you stay for them from, for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much, for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. But notice in the middle of that whole whole argument that, that Naomi was giving, she was saying, you know, I can't bear any more children. I'm too old. I can't give you husbands, and if I do. By some miracle, are you going to wait for them? Is what she's saying. She's saying, if I have hope. And what, what another symptom, another thing that we notice for those in our times of discouragement is there's a serious lack of hope. You know what, what hope is? It's, a, it's an understanding of, of what God intends and promises. That's what hope is. We look ahead and we see and we, we ground ourselves on that, but she had lost hope. And what discouragement does, it brings about an erosion of hope. And Naomi had lost hope of, of, of previous hopes dashed and future hopes diminished. And Naomi tells them two things, I can't give you what I've lost. I can't give you any more sons and I can't give you what you need. You know, I can't give you husbands who look after you. I can't do that. And what it was, she's just lost all hope. There was a serious lack of hope. And, you know, we can get down that sometimes. You know, we're, we of who are God's people, we should be people of hope. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to see hope, isn't it? Sometimes we, we go and look at the circumstances of life when we look at the, the things that we have to battle and we go, is there any hope? And there's a reality of that. There's a reality when there's a difficulty and a uh, in, in a marriage, there's a difficulty in, 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 in the day that we live in, and there's a difficulty in decisions that are out of our hands. and, and we look at all of that and we sometimes go, there's, is there any hope? You know what the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11:1, our faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you know what, what hopelessness is equated to? Hopelessness is equated to faithlessness. Because where there's faith, there's hope. You know what faith is? Faith is trusting the invisible. It's trusting that this invisible God knows the unknowns of our lives. And you know, sometimes we can, we can go so far and we can see so far down the road, but we don't so, see the bends in the road. And we don't see what's ahead. And, and you know what I'll tell you? That, that even though we might not, we have a God who does know. And we have a God who... Is an invisible God, but is an almighty God and someone that, that has given us great precious promises and we can cling to God in our times of need and cling to God when we're discouraged and, and we can find hope in him. And you know what sometimes? He just needs a little bit of faith. Just a little bit of resting in the Lord. And what, what it is, is sometimes it's not an examination of a lack of hope. Maybe it's an examination of where to get faith. How do we grow our faith? How do we increase in our faith? How do we come back to a place of faith? And what we find about Naomi is that she lost hope. And you know, I want to tell you though that hope only comes to those who endure. You know, we have to go through some things to get hope. In Romans 5 verses 3 to 4, the Bible says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also knowing that, That the tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And that's why it's so important to tell of our stories sometimes. That's why it's important to get around those that perhaps have gone through the situations that we find ourselves in and have gone through it and have seen it through. And what it is, they share your experiences and what it produces is hope. You know, sometimes it's just about hearing that someone got through and someone endured and someone got through to the end and they saw it through. And the Bible tells us to commit our way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. But I want to tell you, it only comes if you endure. You know, sometimes I I sit in where you're sitting and I I hear someone else preaching and they go through and they they tell a tremendous story. And it's an amazing story of, of, of how God worked it out. And you know, all of us here, we want, we want some sort of story to, to, sh- to share with others. And there's some sort of story that we want to be able to inspire others with. But many of us here won't endure to see that story come true. We sometimes throw our hands up and we sometimes give up. And we sometimes just lose all hope. And yet the way to do that is we go through tribulation, which means troubles in our lives. Then we, it, it works patience, and then through patience, experience, and eventually it produces hope in our lives. And, you know, hope is really found in seeking God. You know, in Romans 15, 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, I want to encourage you this morning, if you feel like you've lost hope, here's what we can do. We can ask for hope. When was the last time we asked for hope? When was the last time when we're going through a trial? And we've been, we've been through trials. We've been through troubles. We've been through times where we don't, don't feel like there's any ever, uh, uh, there's, no, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's just a tunnel. And we're just going through it. And we're just going through just a hardship. And we're just feeling down and despondent. And i to tell you that you can ask for hope. You know, the God of all hope. He is, he, it's from Him that we have hope and we have a living hope, the Bible says, and, and through the power of the Holy Ghost, there's a power that God can give us to hope again. And some of us here this morning, it's just been a while since we asked. It's been a while since we've asked God to refill that hope We've just been too focused on the circumstances. We've been too focused on the difficulty. We've been too focused on the journey to get back. We've been too focused on different things. And yet the Bible tells us that we have the God of all hope. And actually we can look to Him. And actually we can see Him come through. And you know, life is full of seasons. But it's a season. And when we endure through and keep our eyes on the Lord, what's produced is a new season. It's a season maybe of blessing. It's a season maybe of getting back. And, and we see that, uh, that at least in the life of Naomi, she had a Ruth who, who, who determined, who was just determined, who was just dedicated, who was just devoted to be able to get her through. But here's the warning. Notice verses 13 to 14. And here's the last, last thing we, we see here as we think about Naomi's discouragement. Notice the end of that verse in verse 13. So she, she goes through all of that and here's where really her heart is. For it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. Notice, notice that. She's grieved for them because the hand of the Lord is gone out against, him, uh, against her. And they lifted up their voice and wept again and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law but Ruth clave unto her notice here she was grieved at the lord she was grieved at the lord and his last thing is is this you know in discouragement you better watch out because there could be a spring a springing root of bitterness and you know the dangerous thing about discouragement is it could lead to bitterness in our lives you know there's a lot of bitter people in our world today there's a lot of people who are just bitter about things that they can no longer change. They're just bitter. And later on, we're going to see that Naomi tells everyone, don't call me Naomi anymore. Remember what her name means, pleasant. Call me Mara. For the Lord hath dealt bitterly with me. She went from pleasant to bitter. And you know, there's many people who are very pleasant but are now very bitter about life. You know, the path that led from one to the other, it's this, it was discouragement. It was discouragement. And discouragement, when not dealt with, the danger is that there's a bitterness that happens. And there's, there's really, bitterness is a bitterness toward God. You know, after all the anguish that pours out of Naomi, it's the root of bitterness that's springing up, that's the real concern. That's why the Bible tells us in Hebrews twelve fifteen. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. There's destruction. You know, there's many many homes destroyed because of bitterness. There's, there's many friendships destroyed because of bitterness. There's many churches that have been split up and many fellowships that have been broken down because of bitterness. And he's saying, be diligent. Be diligent to see. Be diligent to find out, lest there be any root of bitterness. You know, bitterness can sometimes be the poison that doesn't kill the other; it kills you. And bitterness can sometimes erode our own, our own heart and our own, our own hope and our own love and our own joy. And and bitterness can be the very thing that is a result of a discouragement that's not dealt with. And so, bitterness is there. We see that that they they uh orpa kisses her uh, her mother-in-law but Ruth cleaves unto her but bitterness had started to already come in and and notice what she says here in verse 13 again for it grieveth me much for your sakes notice the notice how how that sounds a little bit noble right ah oh, you know the lord dealt with you this way and here's here's the point sometimes when we're bitter and we've not dealt with discouragement, we see everyone else's troubles in the lens of bitterness. You know, the one that we're blaming is at fault for everything. And it's God's fault for me, and it's God's fault for you. And nowhere here do they say that, does Ruth or Orpah ever say that this was God's fault. But that seems to be how Naomi sees it. That seems to be the way Naomi has, has concluded things. She's saying to her, uh, her two daughters-in-law, you know, the, the, it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. It grieves me. I, I see that you're going through your own. And, and, you know, sometimes there's that saying, misery loves company, right? And bitterness loves company too. They're going to try to angle it so that the one at fault is the one at fault for everything. And in our perception, in our lens, we're even being noble about that, pointing that out. And yet she saw the hurt in the lens of her bitterness. And really, it just was an assumption. She assumed that the hurt in them was the hurt that she was going through. And you know that's how bitterness affects us. You know, suddenly, we're, if we're around bitter people, we become bitter too. If we're around those that are just bitter about this and bitter about that, suddenly, if we're hearing that out, and and you know, it's it's difficult. I was chatting with someone along the way, and I was talking through some of the things that 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 I'm observing in, in just in life, and, and seeing how how a bitterness in in, in all. Of its all of its effect was taking hold on certain things and I asked the, uh, an older pastor I said you know what do I do with that and he said this you know bitterness is something you can't control he said you can't do, deal with it you've got to help you've got to, you've, got to, you've got to allow God to just pluck out that root of bitterness and bitterness can sometimes come that way and, and come across that way but you know What happens in the end, bitterness can make you unrecognizable. And and verses 19 to 20, and notice there so they went to, went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. You know, looking at her and there's something was a little off. You know, they'd known this lady for a long time, Naomi. This was her hometown. You know, if you're if you sometimes you go go you've been away for a little while and those who are very familiar with you they can point out something that's different about you. Right? Unfortunately in, in many Asian cultures they look at your weight all the time but they go, oh you've gotten fat. Well thank you. Hello to you, too. <laughs> now I'm bitter. But, and, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes those who know us, they can just point something out. And, and they, knew, they knew Naomi. Maybe they wondered what had happened to Naomi in Moab, where she had gone. Maybe they didn't even say. They maybe saw her coming in, and there was this other person with her, But they asked the question, is that Naomi? And then she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. And you know, sometimes the most pleasant things become the most unrecognizable. Why? Because discouragement and bitterness has crept in. And you know, the the pleasantness of our lives can become unrecognizable to others. Why? Because bitterness. And you know, sometimes you can just see Bitterness all over someone's face. Sometimes you can see through their actions and through their words and you can hear it and you become unrecognizable. You used to be someone that was an encouragement. You used to be someone who was pleasant to be around with. But now all you can speak about is the vitriol and the bitterness and the heartache And you know what? It transformed Naomi from pleasant to bitter. And I want to tell you that discouragement, if undealt with, will eventually lead there. And I want to tell you that sometimes sometimes the need is for someone to come alongside us and in our own humility accept the support that God is giving through them. And, you know, sometimes we, we ought to recognize when there's discouragement in another. And I want to say, especially to you that are married, in your relationship as husbands and wives, we need to be very good at just finding out and figuring out if there's discouragement that's crept in the other. And we better, we better just address it. I want to tell you that we as a church as we come into our our gathering times, as we come into our fellowship times, uh, may we just develop a bit of a a know-how, how how to recognize if someone's discouraged, and then most importantly, how to recognize if it's in our own hearts. Because the Bible tells us to be diligent, lest any root of bitterness springing up. And you know, at the end of it, Ruth was needed. And we're going to talk next week about Ruth's determination. And I want to challenge us as a church to be the Ruth in someone's life. But maybe you're here this morning and you're Naomi. Maybe you are discouraged. Maybe life has gotten you down. Maybe some things this week that have come about and you're just like, what is this? And maybe that's you. I want to tell you there's a way out. I want to tell you that you're only ever really a decision away from coming back. I want to tell you that as much as it was a decision to, that it's a decision to come back. I want to tell you that, that probably if you look around, there are those who recognize it and are just trying to get around you. And they're along for the journey, so accept their help. I want to tell you that we have a, we have a God who actually can fill us up with hope again. And we have a God if we trust him and if we call out and we ask that actually he'll get you through and he'll, he'll, you'll develop patience and you'll develop experience, and at the end of it, there's hope. But it all starts with us just going, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you. Lord, I know, dear Lord, that it's not, not often we talk about, Lord, in just, just such a vivid way, what discouragement looks like. And Father, there's even times where I know in my own heart, I just deny it. Lord, I just, I just don't want to, I don't want to put it out there that I'm discouraged. I don't want to put it out there that there's times where, where I'm just a bit, just down about life and, and there's things that, in all reality, I'm struggling with. And, and the reality is, Lord, you know our hearts. And Lord, you give us your word as a discerner in, of the intents of the heart. And I don't know, Lord, in all reality, I don't know who he needs to be encouraged today because there is discouragement in their lives. And so I pray that you'd please help each and every one here, Lord, to just, just recognize where they're at and receive, Lord, your, your prescription and receive the encouragement they need even today. And I pray that you'd bring them to their orpas and their roots and their lives. I pray that you'd bring them the, the support that they need. I pray that, Lord, as a church, we recognize that and be able to help in their time of need. And Lord, I pray that you'd help. And Lord, I do pray for those that aren't saved. I pray that you'd help them understand their need for you. Where every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, the piano can begin to play. And